want to live a high vibe life with radiant energy levels, juicy sexual vitality, and have great success manifesting abundance in your life. Welcome to the Sexual Kung Fu Podcast, where we dive deep into sexual mastery and how to use sexual energy to magnetize your ideal life. Welcome, guys. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday. Happy March. We're getting right through 2022. And uh, I just got back from Kauai. I was on a little vacation down in Hawaii. Had an absolutely amazing time. Uh, A week of just playing, really playing in the ocean, swimming with sea turtles, catching waves. Uh, There was dolphins, uh, seals, whales, paradise. I I absolutely love Hawaii. I I spent uh, a little bit of time living in Maui and I spent some time living on Big Island as well, but I'd never been to Kauai before. It's it's an exceptional place, one of my new favorite places in the world. And it was really this uh, connection with my, it was like my inner child was coming out and I was just playing. I was just completely in the moment, just being, just having fun and it was very healing for me. And so I'm, I'm back home now and ready to, you know, uh, get back to it. But it really taught me just how important our focus is on the things we focus on. You know, this, this is what I talk about a lot, but just having my attention in the immediate moment, you know, uh, it opened up this whole flow of just effortlessness, abundance, fun, joy, harmony, balance. So, you know, again, anytime that you can do things that fulfill you, do things that, that charge you up, that nourish you and just play, you know what I mean? Don't, don't take life so seriously all the time, but get out and just be in nature and have fun. Very, very healing. Um, let's see a couple of things I want to announce before I get into this. I've got a masterclass coming up next week. I don't have the link up for it yet, but in the next few days, I'll have that ready. But again, this is going to be a pelvic floor masterclass. I've talked about this a little bit. I pushed it back a week. I was originally going to do it tomorrow, but I'm moving it to March 11th. So again, this I'm going to be teaching uh, all about the pelvic floor, how to keep it balanced. And I'm going to teach an exercise, uh, uh, like guided exercises to help release tension from this area of the body, which most people have. And this is especially relevant if you have premature ejaculation, uh, erection issues, pelvic pain, stiffness, tension down there. Again, a lot of people do. So this is going to be really, really helpful. Stay tuned over the next couple of days. I'll be opening up the registration for that. It's going to be really awesome. And uh, I've got a new course coming very soon. I'll be announcing more about that, but I'm very excited about it. And what else? I think that's it for now. So I want to talk about semen retention lifestyle. Semen retention. As we are in spring here, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we're moving into spring. This is a time of abundant sexual energy. Everything's coming back to life. You know, it's in the winter. In the winter, all the chi, the earth's chi gets pulled inward, gets pulled down into the earth. And in the trees, they bring all their energy into their roots. They, they store all their, their sugar, their sap in their roots. But spring is this time of rising. Our sexual energy starts to rise again. You know, we start to, uh, we start to feel horny. We start to feel creative, especially. And so, This is a time of cultivating this creative sexual energy. And there is definitely this link between sex and creation, obviously, right? Sex creates humans. But an overindulgence for men in ejaculation is throwing away that creative power. It's that creative force. It's our semen. It's our sperm. It's our essence. It's the seed of ourselves to create a new life, right? And if you really think about the psychic potential, the, the powerhouse of energy stored in our semen, 
a single ejaculation could basically, you know, it could repopulate the population of China pretty much. There's 250 million sperm in in each ejaculation. Okay, like the qu a quarter of the population in China, right? But what I'm getting to is, you know, this immense, immense power, this immense creative power that's in our, our semen. And when we just recklessly release this, you know, it's a finite source. Eventually it dries up. And so men are experiencing burnout. They're experiencing uh, excessive fatigue, a lack of motivation, a lack of ambition, depression, anxiety. Um, at a younger and younger age, they're experiencing sexual dysfunction because they're wasting this vital energy because we're so stimulated sexually by the world around us through media, through porn. And a lot of men become programmed. I certainly had this, this pattern to just ejaculate every day impulsively it becomes this instant gratification, this quick fix of, you know, looking at Pornhub, watching a video, you get off and you get that quick dopamine hit. But you, so what you're really doing is releasing tension. It's this, it's kind of this releasing tension. It's like a stress relief kind of thing. It becomes a habit and you're just like, well, whatever, it feels good. And what I, what I started noticing was that once I started paying attention to this was to how vital I felt when I was sexually aroused, when I was in feeling sexual pleasure, you know, as it was building up, as the orgasm was building up, it felt very, very powerful. I felt all this, this, uh, this life in my body. I had all this creative energy. And as soon as I ejaculated, it was gone. And it was always like this disappointment because yeah, it feels really good. The five to 10 seconds that you're having that ejaculatory orgasm, but afterwards it's very disappointing because it's over and you want to do it again, but you can't. And you feel kind of, uh, you feel this, like this feeling of weakness, this, this fatigue, this, it's, it's like this, you feel like something's been torn out from you sometimes, right? If you're in a really, really in a depleted state. And so I started to realize, wow, it's actually not that enjoyable. My sexual experiences because I'm so fixated on ejaculating. And once I do ejaculate, it's over. There's nothing left. I can't continue. It's kind of sucks. And so once I started practicing seam retention for me, it was just uh, like, I think my first goal was like four days. I went four days at a time. And even that, I was having significant improvements. I realized, wow, my, my energy is higher. And when I am actually having the orgasm, it's much more intense because there's actually something built up there, right? That's the thing. When you're ejaculating every day, you have nothing, you have no tank, no gas in the tank. You're running on empty. And so the orgasms you're having are just not that impressive. It's, it's, there's not that much of a charge built up. So when I was at least going four days at a time, I was, I, I started to build this this feeling of drive, this ambition. And then I started going for longer because even then it was like, okay, I feel great for those four days. And then I feel kind of let down after I do ejaculate. So I started going for longer. I started going for a week. I started going for two weeks and I started going for as long as I could. And, um, it was amazing what I started to notice. I remember when I was in high school, my friends and I had this contest for like, who can go the longest without jerking off? You know, this is like teenage boy, boy stuff. And it was, I think I only made it like three or four days at that time. And it was, it was difficult. And so when I was getting into semen retention, it was like, wow, am I really going to be able to do this? But when you have the tools to do it, here's the whole thing, right? You're building up more energy. You need an outlet for it. You need a pathway for it to move in your body. If you just cram more sexual energy into your genitals, it's going to want to move somewhere to release the pressure. And for most men, that's going to be an ejaculation. And this is where a lot of men get stuck. In the, in the path of semen retention and sexual cultivation is that they don't really have anything else to do with the energy. They just continue with their old habits, their old thought forms, doing the same things they've been doing. 
and this energy builds up, it builds up, it creates pressure, it creates pressure and eventually it drives them crazy. They do weird things or they cave in and they ejaculate, right? So when I really got into semen retention, when, like when I started, because I originally heard about it as a, you know, the context of Brahmacharya back in, I think 2011, I was like 20, how old was I in 2011? I was like 22 years old. And so I heard about Brahmacharya. I heard, you know, watched this video of this guy talking about like, oh yeah, I don't ejaculate ever. And I have so much energy and I never get sick. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And it lasted about three days because uh, it, it's difficult to change something like that without a new pathway of expressing, right? Especially our sexual energy. It's very, very powerful. It's very ingrained in our, our being, the habits we have around it. So to just stop doing it is not very realistic for most people. Like, yeah, maybe you'll go a certain amount of time, Maybe go a month, maybe go two months, maybe go a year, but eventually you often cave back into old habits because you haven't created a way to channel that energy, to change the form of it, to really harness, digest, and use that energy for something greater. So when I really started getting into semen retention in 2013, 2014, I was also beginning to really practice Qigong seriously every single day. I was doing Zhanzhuang practice, holding these static postures. And so I was opening up the energy channels of my body. I was also starting to work with the microcosmic orbit, this main channel in the body that I'm always talking about. And it became pretty effortless for me to practice semen retention, to be honest, because, you know, simultaneously I was learning to have non-ejaculatory sexual stimulation. And so I learned to stimulate the sexual energy. And then instead of ejaculating, draw it through the orbit stored in the body. And I remember feeling a bit edgy at the end of my sessions. Like I, I really wanted to ejaculate, but I walked away from these sessions feeling like, really, really charged up instead of feeling fatigued, instead of feeling tired, instead of feeling like I'd lost something, I felt like I'd really gained something. And I knew at any time that I could, you know, do it again. I could have sex again or, or self-stimulate again, whatever. So it's like, you're always on, you're always, uh, your libido is always there, right? Which is not the case when you're constantly ejaculating. So it just felt this power, this immense power. And I noticed that I started to feel a lot more confident. Like at the time I was a full-time musician. I remember I was, you know, I was performing at this like bar or something like that. And I used to feel very kind of like socially anxious, you know, at that time in my life, like I would just feel like really around people. But I, I walked into this place and I just felt like, mm, you know, I just felt like, yes, I felt very confident. And I was, I just feel like I was exuding this aura, not really in an egotistical way. I just simply felt good. I felt confident in myself. And like people reacted to me very differently that night. It was very interesting. And so, so this, this really uh, put the seed in me to be like, okay, this is something very real. This is having very real benefits, and this is something I want to continue. Another huge thing, I, what was really transforming for me as well, was around how much it changed my sexual experiences. And this is where a lot of guys get hung up with semen retention because it's like this thing of, oh, well, I simply can't masturbate. I can't have sexual pleasure. I can't have sex if I want to retain my semen. And so it creates this, you know, suppression scenario where you're not engaging in something very healthy, which sex is, which orgasm is. So. I learned how to remove ejaculation from the equation so that self-stimulation or sex did not result in ejaculation. And I was talking, I was just talking before about how, you know, sex and sexual experiences were very disappointing for me. Often it ended up because after the ejaculation, it was all over and it was like, okay. And I, I often wouldn't enjoy the, what, what was happening before ejaculation that much because I was so fixated on getting to this point. And that completely changed when I started practicing these sexual Kung Fu exercises. I remember because there's no ejaculation mind. It's like, well, I'm not going to ejaculate. So there's not going to be that factor in it. So how can I enjoy this uh, as much as I can? And, you know, maybe 
work on experiencing this full body orgasm thing I've, I've heard about. And it really, really changed it because yeah, you're not having that huge explosive ejaculatory orgasm that, you know, I was so addicted to, but I was experiencing something different, this more subtle experience of orgasm where I could extend the sexual pleasure as long as I wanted, where I could, you know, go to a point of high arousal, then use the drawing practice to move the energy to store it in my body and just feel that just like, wow, what does that feel like to have moved that arousal into my Dantian or into my head, whatever. And if, you know, it feels amazing because you just keep building, you just keep building the sexual energy, you keep building the arousal, you keep building it and you don't lose it. If you feel very charged up and this can be a bit too much, it can be a bit edgy. It's like too much heat, too much energy if you don't have your circuitry in place. But for me, fortunately, I was doing Qigong practice. I was learning to open up my channels, grounding this energy and it felt pretty amazing. And again, I would walk away from these sessions just feeling like, wow, I feel amazing. And now like, well, I want to put my energy into something now. So again, I was, I was a musician. I would, I would create music. I was very, very creative at this time. I was just like making these amazing compositions. I mean, they seemed amazing to me. I don't know. Maybe they're crap. <laughs> but, and, and previously in my life, I used to think like, oh, I need to like smoke weed to be creative. You know, I was like, or I need to drink a bunch of caffeine. But this was a change, changing point for me. It was like, I just activate my sexual energy, arouse it, draw it through my body, do some Qigong. And I have this powerful creative energy that I could just put to work for like indefinitely, you know, I just had so much energy and it was a massive shift in my life. And so, um, to kind of bring this to a completion, basically for semen attention, I found it's about making it sustainable. It's having realistic goals, having a realistic approach to it. Right. Because the thing I see a lot of guys do is like, okay, semen retention means I can never ejaculate again. I can't have sex. I can't masturbate, whatever. Okay. And so they kind of take this extremist attitude. And then, you know, again, maybe they do it for a month, two months, a year, maybe two years, and then they give up. It's too much. It's too frustrating. They, they, they have a relapse, right? Uh, I hate that word personally. And, and they're like, well, since I ejaculated, I might as well, you know, watch porn again and ejaculate several more times and maybe I'll try it again. But I never really had that approach for me. It was like, if I go, you know, four days a week without ejaculating, that's great. I've won. And then maybe I do ejaculate, you know, big deal. Then I can just go back to this practice. I can start building up the energy again, doing Qigong again. And so for me, it wasn't about trying to go forever. It was simply about not frequently ejaculating, not going back into old habits. And with that, I would say I was very successful. And I've been doing this for eight years now. And it's only gotten better and better. It's I've learned to really understand my body, like understand maybe during sex, what's going to push me over the edge uh, when it's actually time for me to ejaculate. Like maybe it's been four or six weeks. And like, I, I, I now know that there's a certain interval will act, it will actually benefit me to ejaculate. It's mostly because, especially because I know how to draw the energy out of the genitals before, you know, you do a few powerful draws to pull that energy out and then you ejaculate, you're not losing that much, right? If you retain for a while. So there's so many factors to it. And again, the most important thing is having your foundations in place. You have some sort of energetic practice so that your channels are opened up. So you have space in your body to hold this energy, channel it and transmute it, right? And you have healthy ways to deal with negative emotions. I use energetic practices and I teach these as well. You know, it's, it's, this is the big thing is you can amplify. I talk about this all the time, but if I repeat something, it's probably important. If you don't have ways to manage your shadows, your negative emotions, you don't have a way to deal with these things, clear them from your body, then you're probably just going to feed those things with your sexual energies. You start to uh, build it. And I see this a lot in men in, in kind of the semen retention scene. So you have to be very careful about this, right? So you have your foundations, you're opening up 
the channels your body, you know, highly recommend doing Qigong, doing breath work, doing yoga, doing something to open up and, and learn how to work with your internal energy, learn how to feel it, learn how to circulate. This is a very crucial skill. If you're going to play with sexual energy at a higher level, I would say. And also being able to engage in sex. This is the big uh, roadblock for a lot of men is like, okay, you know, it's easy to retain your semen when you're single, but what about when you're having sex with someone, right? When you're in a relationship, so a lot of men just go back to their old habits of ejaculating every, every time, which is still depleting. It's, it's less depleting during sex, but still you don't want to be blowing your load every time. And so you learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation. You learn how to develop your sexual abilities so that you can have non-ejaculatory orgasms. So you can control ejaculation and really, you know, last for hours, be an amazing lover, both for yourself and for your partner. And that's when semen retention really becomes effortless because you have all the foundations in place. You're not forcing anything. It's all natural because you've created this with the foundation of your practice. It's just it, your, your, inner, your sexual energy naturally starts to flow inwardly in your body through your orbit instead of wanting to be ejaculated out. So it just becomes, you're no longer addicted to ejaculating basically, right? Which is a transition of course, but that's why it's a sexual Kung Fu. It's time and discipline. It's time spent training. And there's another point I was going to say here. Oh, it'll come back to me. But yeah, that's that's it, guys. That's the the semen retention lifestyle is one of enjoyment. It's one of effortlessness. And oh, 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 and this is what I was going to say is you also really, really need to have things to put your energy into productive things. And I'm not talking about, you know, playing video games or <laughs> things like that, but creative outlets. Very, very important. You want to create stuff with this energy. If you're not creating something, then you're going to want to ejaculate and release it, you know? So get into something artistic, something creative. You know, I play music. Um, I, I create content, um, creating a business, creating art, creating poetry, whatever it is. Uh, create, uh, uh, and, and just keeping yourself busy, keeping yourself productive. And that will keep this, this circuit of energy flowing. Because if you want to call on higher levels of energy, then you need to have a higher level of service, so to speak, right? You have more things you're putting your energy into. You're making the world a better place. You're you know, you're channeling this, right? So I've been ranting for a while, guys. And uh, again, uh, for me, semen retention has been a game changer. It's been a life changer. And there's just no going back <laughs> for me at this point. When you learn how to have non-ejaculatory sex, have full body orgasms, learn to really, really work with and cultivate the sexual energy, it's, uh, words can't explain. The, the ecstasy, the energy, the experiences you have, the creativity, just the flow of life force, it's, it's incredible, you know? So there it is, guys. Retain your semen. And if you want some, you know, if you guys are new, you want some kind of beginning tools, go through my sexual, my sexual Kung Fu exercise playlist. Because this is, you know, we can talk about this stuff all day, but if you don't have a practice, if you aren't doing something, if you aren't working on this, developing it, learning to work with your energy, learning to open up your channels, then, you know, it's just words. Words are empty. So you want to have a practice. So go through my sexual Kung Fu exercises playlist. Check out my Qigong playlist, my breathwork playlist. I've got a lot of tools for you guys. I've got a whole, you know, I have probably over 100 videos on my semen retention playlist where I just talk a lot of different aspects of semen retention. So, you know, I've got over 400 videos on my channel talking about all these things. So, you know, use that to stay motivated. And with that, I'm going to um, answer some questions. So feel free to post your questions in the chat. Feel free to to uh, to type in where you're where you're listening in from. It's always cool to see where everyone is. I know we've got a international group. Rohan 
says, sorry for leaving the question beforehand from a different time zone. Um, Rohan, your question might've gotten cut off or not posted properly, sorry. Sometimes YouTube doesn't post the things that you type in the box. So if, so if you feel like I'm ignoring something you've typed in, it probably didn't actually show up for me. So you could type it in again. So sorry, Rohan, didn't show up. Mirsha Castellan says, Hello, John. If I listen to an erotic audio without touch and without release once a month just to feel the arousal, does that affect my semen retention journey? I mean, everything's going to affect your semen retention journey. It's 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 a effect in what way? So, so erotic audio versus porn, right? Versus like visual porn. I would say it's definitely better for me personally because I I, I experimented with this a bit as well in the beginning when I was kind of transitioning out of that. Um, it's still I would say it's it's definitely for me personally. I feel like it's better because there's something about this visual stimulation that really gets us as men, at least me, definitely I noticed. <laughs> uh, whereas listening, hearing audio, it's it's you're, it's a bit more like this receptivity. When you're looking, when you're using your eyes, you tend to be projecting out, where you're like sending energy outwards. When you look at a sexual image, it pulls you into it, and you project into it. You get like stuck to it, right? Audio is a bit different, but it can still have that that same kind of excessive fantasy, excessive. Um, excessively stimulating you as far as your arousal and things like that. But I mean, once a month probably isn't a huge deal. If, if you feel overall it's, it's working for you, if you're getting benefit from it, not nothing really, you know, negative about it, then whatever, whatever works for you. Derek Trevino. What's up, brother? Derek says, good to see you back. I know you said you've completely given up regular Kegels and only focus on reverse Kegels. However, aren't regular Kegels good for the prostate specifically? This is a good question. It's a fair question. And to be honest, um, I'm not sure entirely 100%. I think that definitely could, it could definitely be beneficial as far as squeezing the prostate, kind of giving a gentle massage, but that's only one way to work with your prostate. And there's many, many other ways, right? Specifically, the reason I gave up Kegels, at least for the time being, I stopped doing Kegels, I believe it was in September, this last September. So I'm hitting about six months here, zero regular Kegels, only doing reverse Kegels and, and balanced pelvic floor exercises. By the way, I'm going to be going really deep into this subject, basically in my uh, pelvic floor masterclass next week. But we'll, I'll, I'll give a little preview here. Um, the reason I stopped doing regular Kegels was because I found that once again, uh, back in like August, September, when I stopped doing it, I noticed that some of these tension patterns were creeping back in for me, um, where I noticed I was doing like a Kegel basically throughout the day, a lot of the time. And I had this tension and it really linked to like nervous system tension, mental tension. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do another experiment because I did this a couple years ago where I stopped, or, or I think it was last year where I completely stopped doing Kegels for a few months. And this time I was like, okay, I'm just gonna stop doing it indefinitely. If I notice any negative effects, I feel like my pelvic floor gets too loose or something like that, then I'll start doing them again. But that hasn't happened. So um, specifically, I noticed just how many layers of tension I had in my pelvic floor, which I imagine most men do too. And the thing with the pelvic floor is that it's not just like this isolated muscle group. It connects to other areas of the body, it connects to the thigh muscles, the glutes, it connects to the abdominals, right? And generally when you're working one of these areas, you're also working the pelvic floor. So just isolating the pelvic floor with Kegels is often overtraining it, makes it too strong, makes it too tense, and you have difficulty letting it go. That's what I have found personally. So I, I think basically, unless you have a incredibly weak pelvic floor, like you're incontinent, you know, maybe as you're like getting older, unless that's happening, then you probably do not need to be doing Kegels. Um, 
so basically what I've been focusing on is yeah, releasing tension and really, really balancing this whole area. Because I, I found that, you know, I do squats, I do, I stand in Qigong stances for an hour, two hours, three hours a day. And so I'm getting plenty of pelvic floor work uh, from those things I, I found. Uh, but to answer the question about being good for the prostate, again, there's potentially, yes, that squeezing might be good for the prostate, but there's many, many other ways to, you know, you can simply push a finger up in the, the million dollar point, the, the perineum, the taint, you can push fingers up in there and kind of push in a massage, get the same effect. One, one thing that's even better this is what I learned from Lauren Johnson. I, I shared a lot because it's fantastic is you take a tennis ball and you sit on that with, with it under your perineum, you kind of move around a bit, you know, kind of grind on that tennis ball and it will massage the prostate, I, I think in a superior way to doing a Kegel, right? And you can even directly massage the prostate. So there's many, many ways to work with that. Sure, you can do it with a Kegel, but for me, the, the downsides of the Kegels outweigh the benefits of that. So I, I keep my prostate healthy in other ways. It was a long-winded answer to that question, but hey, I think I think it, it deserves it. <clears throat> PJED, PJED, Go. Sorry, that's from saying that weird. It's asking ideas on celibacy. Well, celibacy, it can be a positive thing or it can be a very destructive thing, right? It depends how it comes about in your life. There's often, I know this is a big thing in a lot of spiritual paths, brahmacharya specifically, they're all about celibacy, right? The benefit of this being that, you know, you're practicing semen retention and you're not kind of over stimulating yourself with these kind of potentially draining excessive sexual thoughts and things like that. But the downside to this is that it often becomes a suppression of your sexual energy. It's not necessarily natural for humans to be celibate, right? We're sexual beings and our sexual energy and sex, I believe is a deeply spiritual healing act. If we know how to engage it properly. So depriving yourself of sex isn't necessarily a good thing. You know, personally, I believe this has partially been used as a control system for humans because it inevitably creates frustrations and kind of this split between the various aspects of your being when you try to suppress your sexuality. So, you know, that's my own <laughs> take on part of this. Um, but I would say specifically, it could be a positive thing if it, or I think celibacy should only be pursued if it arises naturally. If you're like, you know what, all of a sudden I'm just not interested in the opposite or whoever you're attracted to, I have no more interest in sex. Like it just doesn't sound appealing to me. And I just have lost interest into in it. And you know, now I'm celibate, I guess. So I think that's the only way if it's like an organic thing that arises from your practice, from whatever's going on, maybe you're doing a lot of internal alchemy, you're really cooking that gene, creating this internal sexual polarity with that. Right. Um, yeah. So, but if it's something that you're just like, well, I've, you know, heard this dogma, this, this belief system that tells me I should be celebrating even though I, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. And I'm forcing myself to do it, even though I have all these sexual desires and, and these frustrations, but I'm suppressing them. And it, it kind of creates, uh, neurosis for yourself, right? So, you know, take that as you will. <clears throat> Drink some, some nettle tea here. It's good, good spring tonic. It's good for the kidneys, kind of cleansing. It's got iron in it. Hello, bro from Massachusetts. Zeke the Geek from Massachusetts. Awesome, brother. FaZe Clan says, could you talk could you please talk a bit about self-stimulation cultivation? So I've made many videos on this, but basically the idea is that um, as far as energy cultivation, your aroused sexual energy is very powerful. It's very just this raw, fiery firepower. 
it amplifies things, it sticks, glues things together. And it also has positive implications on your health, right? If you know how to use it, right? When, how do you feel when you're aroused? It's like everything got, gets turned up to 10 all of a sudden, right? You just, you're turned on. We have, we have a specific word for that. And everyone knows what this feels like. You know, it's a very different sudden shift in your physiology and your, your, your mental state. Everything just changes when you're aroused. What if you could do that to other aspects? What if you could suddenly arouse your health? You could arouse your creativity, your spiritual path. This is the idea of working with sexual energy, right? And so on a practical level, how you would do this <clears throat> in a, uh, as a practice, self-stimulation is you stimulate the sexual energy. So you stimulate your penis or whatever you got. <laughs> uh, while simultaneously, you know, using the techniques to, to move the energy through the body. And basically you... So you arouse your sexual energy, you stimulate that, whether that's through sex or by yourself, as long as you wish, just don't, you know, hit the point of ejaculation. Don't get too close to the point of ejaculation either. So you're not creating a lot of like tension and buildup in the prostate region. And then you stop stimulating and you draw that energy in the body. I have a video on this called the power lock. Check that out. It's a simple kind of the, the, the basic method of doing this. There's much more advanced levels as well, but you stop and you draw that energy into the body. First, you start with the Dantian. And so now you've aroused your sexual energy. So it's, you know, it's burning, it's fiery, it's, it's activated, it's powerful, it's expansive. And then you draw it into the body. So you've now stored it and you can just notice what that does to your state. How you, how do you feel the rest of the day? Do you feel a little more creative, a little more energetic? Uh, maybe you feel more tired because you have excessive fatigue. You're not resting. So it's kind of showing you, you know, that you need to rest more, right? So it will change things, I would say. So yeah, there you go. Self-stimulation cultivation but you can also you know you can bring the energy anywhere you can bring it up to the brain enhance creativity in my in my course multi-orgasmic man i teach how to bring it into the organs to strengthen various virtues and positive emotions the glands which is good for your you know your vitality your longevity and the spinal channel to increase your yang energy lots of things you can do <clears throat> Heather says, hey, I'm a woman, but I appreciate your tip on building the Dantian before doing the microcosmic orbit. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for representing the, the feminine here with all those dudes here on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's huge, right? <clears throat> because the microcosmic orbit, you know, circulating, it's a pathway and you're circulating energy through it. And, you know, if you start here, that's fine. You're still going to be moving energy. But if you want more juice, so to speak, so that the microcosmic orbit becomes more tangible. It's usually not very tangible in the beginning. Doesn't mean it's not working. You just don't have, you know, as much current running through it, we could say, or the, the cheese isn't quite thick as it could be. So a good way to start is working on the Dantian. I have the Dantian breathing video. You build Dantian. The Dantian is it's the elixir field, right? It's where the Don grows. The Don is the elixir. And so you build this Dantian, this magnetic field, which stores this chi stores the yang chi. You build it, you build it, you build it, thickens, it starts to compress, starts to refine the chi. So you have a storage center and 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 this this uh this space where the chi is stored, collected, condensed, and compressed and you know builds up here. And then you you use that and run the orbit with that chi you have built up in your Dantian. It's on a whole nother level now. It's much more tangible. And there's other, you know, as your practice evolves, as you get into the Nadon alchemy practices, there's, there's more refinements of the chi that you run through the orbit as well. So, yeah, big, I don't know, not really secret because a lot of lineages train in this way where they'll spend even like five or even 10 years building the Dantian before even starting the orbit, right? But you can begin with it right away.
1996 boy. What's up, brother? He says, I'm on 30 days of semen retention and have been doing all of these practices, but I still feel social anxiety, depression, etc. What am I doing wrong? There's a lot of factors to these, you know, everything that you're experiencing in life. Um, it's not all about semen retention. It's not all about Qigong. These are very, very, very important parts of the picture, but, you know, we have those other things as well. Like, are you you know, it's like, what are you spending your time doing the rest of your time? You're not practicing. You're not doing senior retention. Are you letting your mind run all over the place thinking about negative things? You know, that's a big thing is learning to bring your practice outside of the formal practice and kind of manage your emotions, manage your mental state, manage what you're focusing on the whole day. That's the real Jedi training. Do you spend time in nature? That's huge. You know what I, I, I spend, I try to spend at least one day a week where I get out of the city. I have like a little personal retreat and I hang out in the country for a day and a night. And I did that yesterday. I'm back today. And it's just, I, I, sometimes I go out there and I feel like I have this huge, heavy backpack, just like all this garbage of, you know, inevitably just happens living in the world, living in a city, dealing with a lot of various things. Um, we inevitably accumulate stuff. So I go out, I just get out of the city. I get out to nature. I lay under a tree. I do my practice and it just feels like I just unload a clear massively. And uh, it's great to walk under the stars at night, to look up at the stars, and just be in nature, be in the natural flow. You know, it's it's huge. Um, but again, anxiety, depression, social anxiety, there's going to be a lot of factors to this. You know, what's your diet like? What do you, you know, again, what do you do? Are you work? Are you living a lifestyle that is not making you happy? You know, you can't really suppress that with Qigong practice and senior retention. If you're not really living in your purpose, you know, it means, you know, sometimes our pain, well, we, 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 we say, oh, I have this depression, this anxiety, I don't like it, but it's often trying to tell you something saying, Hey, maybe something's out of alignment in your life. Maybe you're living in a situation that's not really resonating with you anymore. Maybe it's time to get out. Maybe it's time to, you know, pursue that career you wanted to, or to, you know, learn this skill to move to this other place. I don't know. You know, I, I can't really say exactly. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, look at everything in your life. Right. And again, manage your environment, manage where your focus is at, manage what you're doing with your time. Are you doing things that fulfill you and nourish you? Or are you, are you not, you know, maybe work with a healer, a counselor, a therapist, something like that as well. It can be helpful when you're really struggling with these things. Dirk Trevino's from Austin, Texas. Awesome. Brother. I've always, I've, I've always wanted to go to Austin. I have a feeling I might be there sometime this year. Johnny Blaze says, can reverse Kegels cause sexual problems like erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation if done every day? Thanks. I do not believe, I, de I definitely wouldn't say so if you're doing them properly, right? You want to be, make sure you're not doing reverse Kegels too hard. Like if you're doing them so hard that you feel like pressure in your head, you're pushing too hard because if you push too hard, you'll create more tension. So it's kind of like a relaxation and, you know, everything's relaxing down there. But yeah, if you're, if you're relaxing your pelvic floor muscles, it's not going to cause, you know, from my understanding and experience erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation because premature ejaculation is often much more linked to a very, very tense pelvic floor. That's what triggers your ejaculatory response is this tension. The pelvic floor starts to tighten, tighten, tighten. It can't tighten anymore. Triggers the spasms. You ejaculate. Sympathetic nervous system kicking on. So, um, no, I don't, I, I believe that reverse Kegels are highly beneficial and will not cause these things. But sometimes, well, as far as erections, I'll say anyway, this was an interesting thing I experienced because for years I, re I, I realized as I was transitioning into these relaxation pelvic floor techniques that I'm talking about now, right? Because for years I was doing the, the thing most people are teaching, which is squeeze the pelvic floor, you know, 
and engage the muscles, the PC muscle, the BC muscle, whatever, squeeze, 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 hold it back. And what I found was that I was actually relying on that squeeze to hold an erection because my pelvic floor muscles were out of balance. Because what happens for a lot of men is that you, you constantly have this hypertension in your pelvic floor. And when you have this hypertension patterns, it, it's requiring resources, requiring blood to hold this tension in the muscles. So it's actually pulling away from what's happening. It, it's pulling the blood out of your penis to hold this tension, this hypertension in your pelvic floor. So this is a very common cause of like weak erections for men. And so I was counteracting this by squeezing the pelvic floor, which kind of, it does push a little bit of blood into the penis and hold it. But overall, it's not great, you know, in the long term for your erections overall, right? And so when I transitioned into doing reverse Kegels and pelvic floor relaxation during sex, at first, I, I thought I was having, you know, I was having kind of weaker erections because my, my muscles were rebalancing. I was like, I was like, can I really just relax my pelvic floor and hold an erection? But as things balanced out, I was having much stronger, much more sustained erections as my pelvic floor was loosened up because that's how the body's meant to be. It's meant to be relaxed. Um, that's when things flow properly, right? This is a basic understanding of, you know, uh, Taoist health practices is that tension, physical tension blocks the flow of energy and blocks circulation, creates problems. So my erection got much, much better, much stronger, much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dependable. <laughs> when I loosened up my pelvic floor. So there's a lot of factors to, you know, premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. Sean says, my pessimistic friend and I were stargazing and he said, I like looking at the stars because it reminds me that nothing really matters, which depressed me, making me feel like life is meaningless. Any advice? Well, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, we, we create whatever meaning we want to, you know, if you, <laughs> um, we can always find meaning. I don't believe that this is all meaningless that we came here just randomly like, oh, whatever, we're all going to die. Um, I mean, on one aspect, it's like, you know, it's like, yes, you know, overall, like when you look, you know, you consider like, do you ever think about infinity? Just like you know, a trillion years isn't even a speck of dust. And in, in you think about infinite time, it's, it, it kind of blows your mind. But <laughs> so, so in a way, like, you know, nothing really matters in some ways over, but at the same time, it's like, we're here and we're here to learn. We're in this, this school of experience. We're, we're collecting information. We're collecting data. Our souls are coming down here into these bodies, walking around in these robotic meat suits, <laughs> humping, uh, smoking things, eating, you know, doing whatever we do as humans. And, we, we take that experience home with us, wherever, wherever it is we came from before here, you know? Um, so it's like, we're here to gain something. I would say we're here to collect information to experience. And so you can just, you know, spend your days believing nothing, doing nothing, wasting your time, or you can do something to enjoy, have fun, play. You know, I was talking about being in this video, how like connecting with the inner child and just being in the state of like, not being in so much like existential, like, Oh, what's the, what's the meaning of all this? And just like, just be in it. Just have fun. Just, you know, I, today, Mariah and I went to a, uh, uh, it's kind of like a gymnastic type place. There, there's lots of like trampolines and foam pits and like ninja courses. And it was like, it was pretty much all just little kids there. And at first I'm like, oh, should I really be here? I'm an adult. But like after a few minutes, I was just like, woo, you know, swinging the swing off the swings, doing flips in the, into the foam pit. And just like, it was really like my inner child coming out. Just like, you know, you stop thinking and you just experience, you just play, you just have fun. So when you're getting too stuck in your mind and, you know, 
too much thinking, which this sounds like play, have fun, get in your body, you know, do somersaults down the grass hill or something like that. <clears throat> Mirsha Castellan says, are electrolytes drinks healthy? It depends. There's a lot of different electrolyte drinks. Some of them are good. Some of them are just, you know, not like they add, like sugar and artificial colors with some electrolytes in it. So, um, but you, you know, electrolytes are important. You know, electrolytes are like minerals, energy conducting, electricity conducting minerals. Uh, coconut water is great for electrolytes. Also, you know, getting minerals. Shilajit's amazing. I take magnesium. I take some sea minerals and things. So again, it depends what's in it, but overall you definitely want to get your electrolytes. Zeke the Geek says, love, love that interview with you and Lauren. Yeah, Lauren's Lauren's awesome. Um, I found his stuff back in 2015, I think, and uh, his, specifically his his version of some of the sexual practices were really awesome. And, I, you know, I've kind of put my own spin on them as well, developed them in a different way because I focus more on the pelvic floor relaxation versus the kind of engagement. But, yeah, Lauren's awesome. Dude's a, dude's a beast. Egg and Bush says, how important is diet actually when it comes to having improved energy? Would you say being a vegetarian or trying to move towards a vegetarian diet is essential to escape a low energy place for good? Uh, first of all, diet is extremely important as far as your energy because, you know, if you're not getting proper nutrition, not the proper fuel for your body, you're not going to feel well. But as far as being a vegetarian, it's not necessarily going to be healthy depending on, you know, here's the, here's the thing with diet is I'm not going to get too much into this, but because it kind of becomes a religious war for a lot of people. But from my experience, I've tried pretty much everything. I was vegetarian for seven years. I was vegan for six months. Personally, I've never had such a low libido as I did during that period. Um, testosterone was super low, especially when I was vegan. Um, wasn't getting enough minerals and things like that, clearly, even though I was, I was doing all the supplements that, you know, you're supposed to do when you're vegan, but some people just can't properly absorb inorganic minerals and things like that when you're taking all these supplements. So, um, I'm Northern European, Northern, Northern European blood, uh, does better with animal protein and high fats, low carbs. And once I started doing that, um, I actually felt way, way better. Like when I started eating some meat again, obviously I do, I only do quality pasture-raised meats. You know, I had much more energy, much more vitality, much more grounding. So, uh, moving to the diet that's right for your body type. I can't tell you what that is. Only you can, you know, do your research experiment. I think experimenting is the greatest thing because we can say, well, I read this paper by this scientist. They did the scientific studies proven that this diet is the only one for everyone. I think that's all bullshit. It's you try it and you compare. It's like, okay, I'm going to eat this diet for a month. See how I feel. Give it time. Right. Then I'm going to try this diet for a month. Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? That's the only thing I would say you can really rely on is your own experience. And when you do energy cultivation, you become very, very sensitive. Like if I eat something that's not good for my body, I know right away. Um, versus, and it's same thing. If I eat something that my body likes, I know right away. What I crave is typically very good for my body. So yeah, don't think that, you know, eating plants makes you more spiritual than eating meat because everything's alive. Everything has life force. Plants feel pain too. Read the secret life of plants. You know, that's a big uh, eye opener for me. So, you know, good luck out there <laughs> with all the trending diets and conflicting information. I know that's why I say, just listen to your body experiment. <clears throat> Royal Calvin says, what about DMT? What about, what about DMT? You... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about DMT. I don't, you know, 
I, I wouldn't recommend relying on external things, but you know, these things, psychedelics can be pathways for some people, but they can also get you stuck in places as well. That's why I prefer internal energy cultivations because it gets me higher than anything else. No side effects. I'm not relying on this external thing. Eric says, would you, would you recommend all of the Angeon methods or is there one in particular you recommend more than others? For me, I followed kind of the progression that, uh, you know, the, the Janice, the guy lays out, which is, you know, Angeon method one, two, and then three. And I personally found number two and three the most effective. I'm doing, you know, Angeon method three pretty much exclusively now. And it's pretty effective, I would say. But but with I, I did a lot of the, the second method to kind of build up to that because it's all about developing your blood vessels in the proper way and improving the circulation, growing your blood vessels. I also use this <clears throat> the saber practice, the percussive striking of the penis, uh, and had really great results with that. So basically, I'm doing the... Anjon 3 method and the, the Sabre method. Those are the ones I'm using right now. Vamp says, I'm on a clean diet workout. I'm on the regular cold showers, meditation stuff. I'm two weeks into this retention. I'm struggling with frustration, annoyance, etc. What should I do with chaotic emotions? So here's the whole thing, right? Energetic work is different than eating healthy, than, you know, working out. And depending what type of your meditation you're doing, you know, that's helpful, but you need to, it's really important that you're specifically, you know, this is what I, you know, talking about the beginning of this video, like having certain specific practices for working with sexual energy is really the key. And also specific practices for dealing with negative emotions. Here's the whole thing why I say you need to have the foundations before you do semen retention, because otherwise, yeah, it just, it kind of sucks. You just feel angry, you feel frustrated. It's like, Ugh! and it's like, why would you want that? <clears throat> it, it's, it's. We, we often have this idea that more energy is better. I need bigger, more badass energy. But what if it turns you into a psychopath? What if it turns you into Darth Vader? Darth Vader wanted a lot of energy and he got it. But where did that, you know, where did that put him, right? So having this perspective, you know, I, I, I recommend have you seek balanced energy, right? Happy, good feeling energy that is successful, abundant energy, right? So be a little more specific about what you're trying to accomplish versus like, well, I just need more, 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 more. Um, so having said that, yeah, some practices to deal with negative emotions will be very, very helpful to purge excess heat from the body. I go into depth in this in my multi-orgasmic man course, but I have, you know, some exercises on YouTube here as well, specifically the breath work. I find very helpful with this. Check out my breath work playlist. Um, the testicle breathing practice that is essential for semen retention, working at the microcosmic orbit, essential. I don't recommend doing semen retention unless you're have a specific practice to directly move the energy in your body. And for me, that was the big key. Sean, ninety-six boy says, I'm worried that I'm growing an obsession with a woman, but I feel a woman that I feel would make an amazing partner. I feel we would make such a good couple and I'm comparing her to every other girl I meet. I worry I'll never meet a girl that makes me feel the way she does. Any advice? Well, there's a lot of women out there and, you know, I've, I've been on that path too. And usually I found, I, I feel like I was talking about this in one of my last movies with my group, my multi-orgasmic man group, but basically um, I had this pattern of really being infatuated. Like I would meet a woman and be like, oh, she's like the one, you know, oh, I, uh, I'm just obsessed with her, you know? 
And eventually I learned that that was kind of a warning sign for me that usually this was, you know, we, we tend to attract our traumas through, through our partners, like mommy, daddy issues, you know, incompletions from our parents, which were kind of our original sexual relationship in a way, not saying it was directly sexual, but just sexual in the fact that there's kind of a polarity in this, you know, this yin yang dynamic that we have with our, our, our mom and our dad. It's, it's kind of our first relationship, right? And so we we often attract partners that kind of repeat these patterns because they, they never really reached completion. So that may be what's happening here. So be very careful about this when obsession is arising because it's off it's it's you putting your earth in someone else, putting your center in someone else, right? Um, you're saying like, oh, they'll make me happy. Oh, you know, when I when I when I'm within, everything's great. And you know, that lasts for a little while. It's kind of the honeymoon phase. And then after a few months, it's like, oh, actually, they have the 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 crisis phase starts to come up right it's like oh they have this weird issue all of a sudden and uh, and or they're you know it, things start to get weird right so having I, I guess the best advice i can give is first of all don't be attached that's very important when you start to get really attached to things and obsessed with especially like relationships people um it sets you up to really experience a lot of pain when you put your center in someone else what happens if they're gone your center is gone and you you know you lose your shit i think we've all been through this um so you know focus on yourself first and foremost loving yourself you know you don't need someone else's uh approval you don't need someone else's you know love i mean it's great but like if you seek that entirely you know you must give that to yourself first of all and just hold your center not get too attached you know just watch your steps there <laughs> it's a dangerous world at dating. Misha says, would you recommend a 30-day water fast? It depends. You know, if you're like really have some crazy chronic stuff you're trying to cure, but if you're just like, well, I heard I should do it, so I'm going to do it. Fasting can be really, really good, but this long of a fast can really mess some people up. You know, you have to be very careful with this stuff. I know fasting is a big trendy thing right now, but be careful with it, right? You don't necessarily have to do this intensive fast to get, you know, to detox and things like that. There's more balanced ways to do it. So be careful, I would say. Okay. Egan Bush says, thoughts on alcohol. Lately, I've been having a hard time staying away and I've been losing my routines, getting more sick, and I'm thinking of ways to avoid it. In my opinion, alcohol is a very, very vile substance. I would avoid it at any cost. You know, I stopped drinking completely. I haven't touched alcohol since 2015. Yeah. So it's been seven years, whatever. It's gnarly stuff. Alcohol really lowers your vibration. Um, it makes it just opens you up to weird stuff and so like you said you 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 lose the you know it's like oh i could you know i come home it's like oh i could either you know drink a beer or i could i could do qigong i could go to the park i could go for a walk and be in nature and usually when you choose the beer uh it just kind of goes downhill from there right so i don't recommend alcohol um it's you know sure for like occasional social uh, you know gatherings whatever if you really need it whatever if you or if you really you know feel it supports that whatever but 
Um, if you're serious about improving yourself and your energy levels, you know, alcohol does nothing good for you. I recommend cutting it out entirely. I, I see alcohol as kind of the, the uh, it's it's one of the leashes around humanity, right? Like a lot, a lot of people just drink every night and numb themselves with it, lower their vibration with it, and just like try to forget about the fact that they're not happy with their life, you know, and if people actually, uh, instead of doing that, started to correct the kind of roots of the issues that are causing them to feel like they need this thing in the first place, you know, the world would be a bit of a different place. <clears throat> Zeke the Geek says, love that advice on infatuation, although I think it's important to not really be attached, but at the same time, if you're not attached, I think the love doesn't feel as strong. Well, I think love and attachment are very different, right? Because true love is unconditional, right? It's like, I love this person, like, even if, you know, I'm not going to be with them, all right, I can still love them, right? Versus like, well, I, I love this person because I'm getting something from from them, but if, but I'm attached to them, and if, 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 if I lose that person, we're no longer attached, then I hate them now. And, you know, this is kind of the, the human thing. Easy to say, right? Sean says, any further advice on gaining more centeredness to the point where you feel fulfilled within yourself and don't need any external sources for happiness? I mean, this is, you know, this is the training, this is the practice. And, you know, it's something that's going to kind of wane and wax and wane, right? Like I've had various levels of just being 100%, like super feeling really, really, really centered within myself. Nothing outside of me can really affect me, right? I've been really, really strong in that at many times. And then, you know, uh, Sometimes there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of weird external situations and, and I start to get pulled into the external world. But uh, for me, whenever that happens, I'm very quickly reminded to step back within myself, to disconnect from the outside world. You know, this is when I get out in nature. I, I do a little personal retreat, you know, go for a, a trip, you know, travel. For me, traveling really breaks up my patterns, going to new places, spending time in nature. So, um, you know, really crushing your practice, I would say, and connect with nature. And these things are connected for me. I notice that I feel the best overall when I do my practice outside in nature. Like um, there was this, this summer, it was, it was a really cool summer for me. It was like, I was working in a restaurant, one of the last real jobs I had, you know, it was back in 2016. And I would get up, you know, I, I worked from like, I think seven to three was my shift. So I got up at like, I had to get up at like 5.30 in the morning to get ready. I had a little bit of a drive. And then um, as soon as I got home from work, I would jump on my bike, go to the park and do Qigong like all all evening, all, all afternoon. I'd be out there for hours and that's I'd come home, cook a meal. I didn't even have wife, I didn't even have internet this time in my life. I was literally like living in this little cottage. Uh, my friend was writing out behind his house. I was living in this little cottage with the yard. Um, I didn't have internet, you know. I would like study Dallas philosophy and Qigong in the evening. I would cook a meal for myself. I'd go to sleep early and wake up and work for eight hours, come home again on the bike to the park, do my practice, do it all over again. That was my life for a summer. And it was really simple. And it was really, you know, obviously I needed to go a bit beyond that. But um, I think my point here is that when you're really strong in your practice, you have a really positive routine, you know, going deeper into meditation, going deeper into Qigong, going deeper into these practices, right? Because it's one thing just to like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm doing Qigong. I'm kind of waving my arms around, you know, okay, I'm imagining this energy. 
it's another thing to go much more deeper into it where you keep studying it you keep developing your 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 knowledge of it you you look at what am i what what are my limitations in my practice oh my my structure's not really there i'm i have too much tension my mind's just wandering all over the place so it's like you this is the jedi path of consistently training training to go deeper and deeper into your practice right to deeper deeper flows of energy training to really really empty your mind to really learn to practice meditation to just completely empty thought streams and just go deep into you know your body into the experience the energy whatever and yeah i i, I hope that's helpful <laughs> Maxwell says, hi, Jonathan, thank you for doing this. Do you work with people one-on-one? -on -one? Uh, I currently don't do a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. Mo mo I prefer to work with groups just because it's a bit more, I feel it's a bit more efficient in my time and like the group energy just makes everything more powerful. Um, sometimes I offer it to, you know, men who've been through my course, Multigastic Man, but I'm also doing a teacher training for everyone who, you know, going through the course is kind of a, a foundation for being able to do the teacher training. That's opening up soon. And that'll be very, you know, a uh, much more direct way of working with me. Rendell Frank says, would you ever get to the point where past trauma is gone with these sexual Kung Fu exercises, or would you always have to deal with it? This is going to uh, vary from person to person. And I would say it, you know, factors depending on how identified you are with that trauma, how stuck it is in your body, because we often identify with things that have happened to us, you know, and that keeps us in that pattern, you know? like a lot of people who experience a lot of illnesses, they identify like, well, I'm ill. I have an illness. I am, you know, illness. And they're so they're partially telling themselves a story because they're identifying with it. And now it's part of their identity. So even if, you know, they have, a, you know, somehow get rid of it, it often comes back or a new disease comes in. Right. So mindset and like your identity and identifying with these things like, oh, this was painful. This was some real trauma. It's really in me. So you start to just you're like talking yourself into it more, right? Um, I know it's easy to say this, but at the same time, um, so there's there's many, many factors to this, right? And some people have an easier time letting go than others. And practicing letting go is a big part of this, learning to let go of, of traumas, learning to, you know, deepen your practices and clear, to be able to clear. So it's going to vary from person to person. And often what, you know, what I found personally is like, I mean, I've cleared some really, really big things with my practice, some huge things that have never come back. Um, for me, oh, I'll talk about one thing. One thing is, well, big thing. Okay, there, there's many things. I, I could talk about a lot of things here. But one thing was this kind of, we were kind of talking a bit about this pattern of infatuation and, and really getting attached to people. For a lot, of, a lot of my life, you know, definitely from my teenage years till, you know, my mid-20s or so, I was very attached to women to like, oh, I need a relationship. I need to be with someone or else I'm, I'm lonely. I'm unhappy, you know? And, um, you know, I was in this relationship with a woman for the, for my first serious relationship for almost, I don't know, it was almost five years or maybe it was four years. You know, it was, it was a significant time. And like that ended by her basically, you know, I was living in, I was living in a, a house with her and two roommates and she's basically had been sleeping with one of the roommates and then kicked me off out of the room to the couch. So I'm, sleeping on the couch she's you know hooking up with this guy and 
it was a very painful experience for me. And, and so, and, and right after that experience it was like, Oh, I need someone else. I need a new relationship. So I just like, and I kept getting myself back into similar circumstances because instead of like addressing, why am I attracting these situations in the first place? It's just like, well, I just need someone new. And so, um, eventually realizing it was actually after I did transformational breath work. I, I teach this in the course, right? A lot of you guys have done it. It's, it's, it's powerful. But the first time I did this, you know, 90 minutes of intense, basically holotropic type breathing, I had this experience of like, what, realizing like what I'm looking for from these women I have within myself. Like I can give myself this love. I can be content with my own company. I can have fun and just like be happy by myself. And like, it was like, holy shit, like, of course. And, and so I always had these stories like, oh, well, she's my soulmate, my twin flame. So I have to suffer a lot because I have to, you know, these stories, these, you know, spiritual bypass things. And, stuff. and I realized like, no, I'm just like attracting or I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing kind of desperately the very wrong type of person. And I'm not really confident in myself to, you know, own my, my own energy and to be content being who I am. So that was a huge thing that cleared and, and never really came back. Right. Clap man says book recommendations to start practice. Check out my video I made. It's one of the my past several videos, probably one of the last five, basically my top five sexual kung fu books. Which were <laughs> um number one, Dallas Secrets of Love, Cultivating Male Sexual Energy by Montauk Chia Michael Wynn. That one's a classic. The purple book, I think it's right up here. It's right up there. I don't know if you can see it. It's it's right. My finger is it's right here. You can barely see it on the shelf. Um, uh, what else? Dow Sexology, Stephen Chang's really, really great as well. I think those are solid starting points, but go check out that video and see the others. Sean says, how can you properly learn spiritual practices when there's so much conflicting information out there? Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Yeah, here's the whole thing, right? Anything you find, anything you hear, you can always find the exact opposite, right? And I started running into this issue as well. I was like, but this teacher said this, but you're saying this. Well, what's true? And you have to get used to it. Um, accept that maybe there actually isn't only one path. Maybe there's infinite number of paths based on people, this is the whole thing of Taoism is and not, I'm not saying I'm a Taoist. I don't, you know, I don't claim any identity. I I'm just, I am who I am, whatever. I'm, I'm finding my own pathway basically. Right. But, but Taoist philosophy is like, everyone has their own Tao. The Tao is the path. It's the way, right. It's a way that you can take and there's unlimited paths. There's unlimited Taoists, you know, it's like, and it's the whole, you know, the Tao Te Ching thing. Like the, I think it's the first line is the Tao that can be named is not the true Tao. Or it's like, I think the Tao that can be explained is not the true path, right? So it's like, as soon as you can fix something and get into a system, like this is how it is. It's not really, I don't know. It's not really the ultimate, right? Because you've actually, the thing is, is that source is infinite. It's absolutely infinite. We come from this primordial space of absolute unlimited potential. And as soon as you start creating from that, as soon as something has a form, it's like, it's this, because if it's this, it can't be that, then it's no longer source. It's, it's distorted in some way we could say, right? So 
anytime you're like looking at this fixated system, like, well, it has to be all these ingredients. If you do something else, you're dead wrong. Then that's not really going to take you back to source maybe because it's a limited thing and it's rigid. It's this certain thing, right? Maybe it'll get you somewhere, but you know, so you kind of have to get out of the confines of dogma and, and, you know, rules and things like that. Eventually I would say like, for me, it's simply about, I, I absorb information. <laughs> I look, you know, I listen. I listen to the teaching. What is this person saying? I feel it in my body as well. You learn to like feel your body when you're hearing information, I mean, watch CNN and, and, and pay attention to your body. You know, the things you feel, you know, I think might be a good sign that, Hey, maybe there's something wrong with this information. Maybe it's trying to like, you know, distort my mind. Um, so you learn to use your intuition. How does it feel? You know, when you hear something, you get like that goosebumps, your hair stands up. You're like, oh yeah, that's usually truth for you at least. Right. And the other thing is that, you know, we all have, <laughs> we're all perceiving this reality, this energy field, this, this quantum field we live in, like, like our, our, you know, our computer is picking up these Wi-Fi signals, all the information that ever was is on the internet and it's, it's floating through the air and our computer it, it translates this into images, into the things. So we see this, right? And it's possible that everyone has a different filter. You know, we all perceive things differently. So we all literally live in a different reality. We all have these different views of reality. So there's only one reality, but there's infinite perceptions of it, right? And so that's why we have all these different religious paths. There's all these different belief systems that are all justifiable, right? Same, we're talking about the diet thing. <laughs> why is it that people are like the carnivore diet's the only thing anyone, you know, it's what humans are meant to have. And if you don't follow it, you're going to be sick and die. So people are thriving on that, but people are also, there's also people who thrive on the vegan diet, but they're like, well, the science supports this. So it's like, there's always going to be conflicting things. You have to become your own teacher. It really is. I strongly recommend against having one person who you're like, everything he says is truth and any, everyone else is wrong. We, you know, we, we humans, we often have this tendency, maybe it's in our genes. Maybe we're kind of molded to be this way that we like to put ourselves beneath others. We feel like, well, I need this person's information to reach completion. And the biggest turning point on my journey was when I realized like, wow, like my teachers I've had, you know, I've had amazing, amazing, amazing teachers. I'm really grateful for the teachers I've had. I've had, you know, phenomenal teachers that have brought me farther than I ever imagined I'd be able to go. But eventually I started to see their limitations and I was like, wow, well, if I, if I kind of hold these limitations myself, I'll be limited as well. I'm not saying I'm better than them or anything like that, but it's just, you know, I started to see that I, the true information, our own truth, it usually comes from within ourselves. It's like, where did all this stuff come from? Where did Qigong come from? Where did the Bible come from? All this stuff. It came from people, you know, divine inspiration, we could say, or downloads. And, and they, they, they knew how to listen to their intuition. We could say the higher self, whatever. And this information comes out of that, right? We all have the capability to do this. And this is a huge part of the training is instead of just listening to everyone else, because as long as you're relying on someone else for information, you're probably always going to be a little misinformed, right? You learn to download the information yourself. I think this is kind of the highest goal of, of, of at least one of the big goals of practice is that you don't need a guru. You don't need a teacher. You become that. So... It was a, a long winded answer, but it's very fitting, especially in the world we're living in right now. You know, there's this, this thing of, you know, I was reading this thing about how this is kind of a period where gurus will start to become um, a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Compromised in some ways, some of their teachings will become distorted. You know, we're in a serious kind of cooking pot for all of humanity and we're just, you know, 
in this climactic time on planet earth where it's just it's absolute chaos it's absolute you know just like it's like what is going on here a lot of people are feeling this right and a lot of people are losing their centers they're losing their minds in some way and they're starting to share some weird stuff with people and you have to be very careful right now is what i would say so again it's good to you know hear information it's good to you know hear different perspectives on different things but don't get too fixated on any certain you know we we also have this tendency of like well the the like if you're learning a particular subject the first book you read on it it kind of becomes your standard and anything that conflicts with that you're like well that's wrong because you know this information i had first it's the whole thing of like your cup becomes full so there's no room for anything else so the real trick is to keep your cup empty to not feel like you know you know to not feel like you know everything and and um stay like a child stay open and stay present to learn new things right <laughs> it's it's when you become rigid with belief systems and dogmas and thinking you know everything that you know it's it's the the stiff tree is easily broken because all you know maybe something all of a sudden becomes revealed that your paradigm has been wrong your entire life and you you're broken right but versus you're flexible you know the hurricane comes the the flexible trees can move with the changes like okay i was wrong about that whatever i wasn't fixated on that derek says awesome when you're planning to start this teacher training i'm going to have the uh the page for it open um just finishing up now it's taking a little longer than i thought as i got the curriculum together and everything but i should have it up tomorrow definitely in the next week again everyone who's taking multi-orgasmic man you'll get an email about that and yeah i'm excited about that Chosen one says, how did you get over the thought that the other guy might be bigger than you? That would get me super hung up and compare myself endlessly. I never really thought that he was bigger or better than me. It was just like, it was more just this feeling of betrayal by the partner who I'd been with. But eventually I saw like, well, I had my own kind of weird habits and, you know, I wasn't very, I wasn't completely emotionally mature and definitely not in like knowing how to manage like polarity dynamics and relationship. I was a pretty kind of yin beta male, quite frankly, <laughs> at that time of my life. And so, you know, I don't know, I, I dealt with it eventually, you know, that's really when I got into yoga and meditation, actually, because the pain, the emotional pain of that resulted in like manifesting physical pain in my body. And it was going through all these weird things so that I was like, yoga, I got to do yoga. I don't know. I just, I just have to. And, and, uh, started doing yoga, started doing meditation. And eventually that led into doing Qigong and things. So this incredibly painful experience actually was the fertile ground for a really deep personal transformation. And it made me want to improve myself. It made me want to say, you know, it made me say, you know, I don't ever want to go through this experience again. How can I improve myself? How can I, you know, develop myself to where this won't happen? And I definitely went through it again, but you know, things got better and better overall. Stephen Watts says, any enlargement exercises you'd recommend that are safe and effective? Any online courses or workout programs that you'd recommend? Uh, enlargement exercises, I guess you're talking about penis, you know, or are you talking about finger enlargement? You know, I've got the, got the exercise for you. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I would recommend as far as penis exercises at this point is Angion method, you know, A-N-G-I-O-N. What I, you know, I used to do like the stretching, the jelking stuff and found out that it's incredibly destructive. I just about, you know, did some serious damage to myself doing these things. Um, 
and and also this like the stretching thing i i got you you can create length with it but you're not actually developing the blood vessels to feed the extra penis length so your erections might actually get weaker as you do that so you have to be careful with that kind of stuff again angio method is the only thing i recommend it's really really solid you know you can look it up and study on it a whole bunch i i teach the exercises in my course as well as kind of a bonus but um basically the idea of this practice is that you're feeding the vascular network of the penis you're building it so it enhances so as the vascular you know as, as your blood vessels get bigger and they grow and they become more extended that can lead to tissue growth in the penis itself but if nothing else you know it really really enhances your erections like i've you know been blown away <laughs> like it feels like a like this hydraulic pressure in the penis it's it's intense it's quite amazing Satnam. Stephen Watts says, can you do too many reverse Kegels? Can they be unhealthy in some way? I mean, you can do too much of anything, right? If you're reverse Kegeling all day, every day, you know, you might strain yourself a bit, but if you're, you know, do it in moderation, you know, don't do it all day. You can do it several times a day. You can do several sets a day. What I like to do is any time of day, I notice I have tension in my pelvic floor. I'll do a deep breath, do a little bit of reverse Kegeling and, you know, release the tension. But if you're like, if you're pushing your maximum to where you feel like your head's going to explode, if you do that all day, you might have some issues. So everything in moderation. <clears throat> Michael, what's up, brother? Says you're speaking my language regarding following one's own truth. Sean says, does penis size matter? I don't think so. Um, you know, as long as you have a few inches, because <laughs> you think about it, a woman's G spot, it's really not that far in the vagina. And, you know, as long as you can stimulate that, she's probably going to be happy. Um, getting a little bit deeper into the cervix is, is great as well. But like, you know, honestly, you only need a few inches, right? Um, men often really, really obsess about this. <clears throat> and it's, I would say it's much more important to have strong erections you know, because you can have a, you know, you can have a nine inch penis, but if, if you can't even get it fully hard, it's not going to feel very good for her. Right. Uh, it's the hardness I would say is much more important erection quality than size. Chosen one says pain in prostate when I'm using Kegels before the point of no return solution for this. I haven't built up my internal energy foundation yet. So I'm using Kegels. Thanks so much for your help. I would highly recommend stop doing this, stop doing Kegels. I did this to myself. You're creating hypertension in the pelvic floor. If you keep doing this over time, you can create some serious pelvic pain for yourself. I've been through this. Uh, this was another turning point in <laughs> my transition from the tension practices was like after non-ejaculatory sex, sometimes I would have these crazy pains in my pelvic floor area. And yeah, I, I thought it was like my prostate. I'm like, I got prostate cancer, I'm gonna die. Like what's going on here? But it was just hypertension in the pelvic floor it can cause that pain. So I highly recommend stop using Kegels. It's not doing you any good. Um, reverse Kegels, look at my pelvic floor rehabilitation video. You know, um, yeah, the Kegel thing is, I, I don't know where this, I mean, I can see where it came from for men, like the strong emphasis on Kegels because we, we want to feel like we're in control and like muscular tension makes us feel strong. But in regards to the function of, you know, our sexual organs, tension down there is not a good thing. It can cause, yeah, these things, this pain. Um, so loosening up the pelvic floor, balancing it out, is going to be very helpful. Use the reverse Kegels, relaxation versus tension and strength. That will 
cause these kinds of blockages. <clears throat> Krim Talis says, you spoke about doing visualizations before and how that helped manifest your ideal life. Can you speak about how you, how you, how I did that? So again, visualization, not just in the sense of like, I'm seeing the image like a screen in my head. It's more of a feeling I would say is the most important thing as far as manifestation, right? It's kind of the whole law of attraction thing is that to attract something, you have to be able to be in that vibration. How do you put yourself in that vibration? You feel that you've already received it. You feel that you have it already. So you create the feeling within yourself. For example, if you're trying to manifest a thousand dollars, imagine, so you put yourself, you know, I, I recommend kind of getting into your heart, activating the heart by just feeling, putting your mind in this area of the body create, you know, when you activate the heart, it has this incredibly powerful energetic, uh, electromagnetic field way stronger than the brain. So get into the heart space and then you create the feeling. So again, if you're trying to manifest a thousand dollars, you, what would it feel like if someone just handed you a thousand dollar check? Sure. You can see the visual image, but most importantly, feel that emotion. You'd probably feel pretty excited if it's something you really want. You'd be like, yeah, what, what? So just feel as tangibly as you can, that excitement, that emotion. And I think engaging all the senses can be good, but especially the feeling, the emotional sense, I think is what really, you know, creates that communication with the universe. Like, this is what I want. And you're using presence, the, the present day sort of language we could say, which is feeling it right now when you're like, okay, I want a thousand dollars in, you know, in the future, the future is an illusion. It doesn't happen. So it's now I feel it now. I've just received it. The gratitude, the excitement about it practice really, really, you know, being able to put yourself into these states and you may be surprised and you do it consistently. If you just do it once, you know, universe is like, I don't know if he's that serious. You do it every single day over and over and over, you know, you might be surprised what starts to change. Does girth matter? I worry I'm not that girthy. Uh, don't worry about it, you know. <laughs> and if, you know, again, quality of erection, I know us men, we we're we can identify with their penis. It's like my self-worth is my penis size, but honestly, a lot of women couldn't care more. It's it's more about like, do you have good presence as a lover? You know, are you able to control your ejaculation? You know, are you able to like read her body, pleasure her body? And can you get hard? Okay, guys. Thanks everyone for joining. Um, what else to share? Uh, that's it. You know, I got the pelvic floor masterclass, you know, from some of the questions, I think this will be really helpful for a lot of you. Um, that's next week, next Friday, I'll have the link up soon for that. It's gonna be really awesome. Uh, wish you all, you know, much love, much abundance, much happiness and joy. And, you know, again, create what you want in your life, have fun, play, be like a child, be open, you know, don't, don't get fixated on ideas and information coming from other people. Learn to filter information through your own heart. Take care guys. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Sexual Kung Fu Podcast. Make sure you grab my free ejaculation control guide in the description and follow Sexual Kung Fu on Instagram and YouTube.